Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. He's ready, everybody. He's ready. He's back inside the firm. Al Gore. I'm, I'm ready to tell you about Bim Smith because know what was happening, which was very cool. I was searching for something. Yep. I'm Bim Smith. Get your Revit content, Revit floors, Revit systems, but they also have content. And what was so smart that I didn't even notice until last week, I searched for something. They didn't have it. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. But where there would normally be, you know, whatever you search for, it said, hey, do you want to suggest something? Type it here. So that you can be like, I really need this. You can suggest Ben, who I know is one of the Bimsmith guys, the owner, build me this now. That's and then he'll probably get that email. That's interesting. Like, Guys, should we maybe go get some of this? Because someone's yelling at me. From well, if the I internet. was them and I hope they're doing what, what I'm about to suggest is if they're if they take all the suggestions, then maybe then they go after the manufacturers and they're like, hey, by the way, we've this last month we've had 17 inquiries. I think you should hire us. So, but but I know that I know where you're going with this, but it actually helps the user. If you really want something, if you really want something, you can't find it. Type it into Bimsmith. Go to Bimsmith. Type it in there. If it's not there, say yes, I want this. Give me this. Because guess what's going to happen? What's then gonna they're going to hopefully start to make it. So like, unless you go there and start telling them. I want this, and I don't want like the shitty version that people make in Form Z and then like, export <laughs> it as a 3DS, and you think it's a Revit and it's terrible. Yeah, don't do that. So please go harass Bimsmith. Go to bimsmith.com. Go tell them what you want, and then they'll see what they can do about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that oh, I have another correction. So last week, another correction. This is the first one. Well, yeah, this is the first one. It's been a long <laughs> week. Yeah, oh my god, you're telling me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So last week was a special episode. If you haven't listened to last week, it was about two uh, awesome entrepreneurs uh, who are doing profit courses. Uh, Enix Sears is doing one, and Mark LePage is doing one. They're both podcasters. Go please check out the one that you like and do it. I had the wrong uh, URL link for, for Mark LePage. I tweeted it out. I corrected it on my website, but it is entree architect. So E N T R E architect.com forward slash profit course, right? That's it. Yep. And then I'm going to Lance, keep talking. I'm going to find the other one just so I can shout out both of them. Oh, now I got to keep talking. You know what? Uh, I need to listen. I'm going to make it an effort. I, this is what's funny. Some people ask me sometimes, do you listen to your own podcast? My wife thinks I, I'm going, like people ask me, I'm like, no, I, I don't need to listen to my, myself. Yeah. I have friends that ask that, but this time because Al Did interviewed you? other, other people, uh, are some of our best friends uh, in, in the in the architect community? Uh, I'm gonna go listen to it this weekend. I'm excited. Yep. I'm excited. I hear I hear it's good. It, the numbers are crushing it. Yeah. So um, the other one is architect resources. So that's plural. Dot org. So don't do dot com. And that's uh, forward slash profit dash levers. So market page is profit course. Enoch is profit levers. Check them out. You can't go wrong. I think you should try both of them. We're not. Yeah. Gonna, we're not going to recommend one one over the other at all. I think I'm in both of them. I like both of them. That's so, there. You go. You heard it from the man himself, Mr. Al Gore. You can you can wave to me through. Like once you log in, you just wave at your screen, and I get that. Yeah, like I can tell. Yeah, it, it works out really easily that way. Uh, I got something. To, I got something to talk about with yeah. you. Al. 
I wonder if I should start lying to clients. Oh, <laughs> what? this seems like a bad idea. Oh, man. <laughs> but let me hear you out. <laughs> well, first, let me read you a little article, okay? okay? It's called Initial Consultations to Charge or Not to Charge. And uh, so it's, mm. by, it's, by this, it's by this gal. And her name is Claire uh, Jefford, and she's an interior designer. And she says, when I first started my interior decorating business, I offered a free half-hour meet and greet with potential clients. I would go to their home to see if they were a good fit for if we were a good fit for working together. This would also provide me with the opportunity to have a look around their home to see if I could get start getting some ideas and if it was even a project that I would like to do. That, pro- pro- that business process in the beginning worked out really well for me. However, it didn't take long to realize that often, once people have you in their home, they want to start asking you questions and st- seek free advice which you've been told is rude. Yeah. Uh, that's a different story. If you are going to offer a free home visit, this is what I recommend. Don't accept the offer of a tea or coffee because you will be there for longer than you anticipated. And it's important for you to realize that your time is valuable and that while you've come to out to meet and see their space, you don't have all day to chat. Number two, actually, I actually recommend you meet offsite and not at the client's home. Although I don't really do many of these meet and greets often, if I do agree to meet someone to discuss their project, I suggest we have a 15 to 20 minute meeting at a coffee place. The important element to remember, no matter what, is that you have to do what works best for you at the point in which you're at in your business. Mm-hmm. For me, this type of meet and greet in the beginning was really great. Why? I felt no pressure and wasn't committed to either way to the project or the client. However, you have to be realistic about it, is that for the majority of the time in these instances, these types of people aren't probably aren't going to be the best clients. The reason for this is because they are likely expecting you to offer free advice and suggestions for their space. Also, if you come out at no charge, even though they must, even though they may just not understand the process of working with an interior design professional, I think you can insert architect here all day long, they may not be very respectful of your time expertise and the value you bring to a project once i had a few projects under my belt and in my portfolio i felt more confident and stopped offering these half hour free meet and greet appointments it's also helpful when you ask when you know what questions to ask on the discovery call to ensure you you can hone in on your ideal client when you are ready and feeling confident i rec i even recommend charging more for the initial consultation than your regular hourly design service fee yes you heard me correctly there are two reasons for this. Number one, never hold back at the initial in, initial consultation meeting. I bring my bag full of goodies and give as much value as possible. Uh, and then she has to like, click here to see what's in my bag. I don't know what it is. Uh, number two, I, I want to book clients who truly value my service and are looking to make an investment in their home and work with someone who has built a brand with professional photos, processes, and offers award-winning customer service. Another way of working at the initial consultation fee is some designers charge for the fee for the initial appointment, and if the homeowners then decide to move forward from there and retain further services, the designer applies the fee for the consultation against design services, thus making the consultation meeting essentially free. I don't really buy that. You're still paying for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have that that... I don't have that any experience with that process, but I believe that the reasoning behind that is to get the foot in the door as an incentive to purchase design services. Finally... To share with you a completely free, a different strategy, some elite luxury and more high-end design firms do not charge for the initial meeting because they are interviewing the client. These designers want to see the space and seek and speak with the client about their scope and investment 
amount to ensure they are looking to spend a minimum amount of money for their custom project. That's a nice place to be, eh? This is still going. Uh, that's pretty much uh, one more paragraph. Okay, for the most part, I don't recommend that you go uh, that you go for too long without charging for a consultation meeting. Consider that when you don't charge, you are only taking time out of your business where you could be working on a paying client project, but you also need to factor in the cost of your gas, wear and tear on your vehicle, and if you follow my processes, you'll bring you'll be bringing you're bringing clients a branded folder and a, cust- a customized brochure that outlines your services and shows photos of your work. See, that's what we do. Guess what? These branding materials cost money, so eventually I say you need to charge for free. Always remember, at the end of the day, this is your business. You run it the way that works for you. The beauty of being an entrepreneur is that you can try things for a little bit, and if something doesn't work, you can go back and try something else. Whatever you do, though, be sure to never say these three things to a client. Uh, so, now over to you. Do you charge for your initial consultation meeting? Yes, I have. Wait, done- wait, let, let interrupt you now. Good. They've, they, <laughs> I want some back and forth. Um, I think this is good. I think it's difficult for interior designers, and the reason why I think this is slightly different, even though we can get lessons from it is because sometimes people are made up their, they're just looking for a direction with interior design, meaning, Hey, should we go this route or should we go this route? What do you think I should place here? And they just want an answer to kind of justify, you know, like an expert told me with that, and then they can do the work themselves. So this person might be literally wasting their time and giving out free advice. Now, an architectural role, I'm not against uh, having people pay for it. And I do it sometimes it's just a feel, but let's say one of the benefits of going there is, is a common marketing jab, jab, right hook, meaning you give, give, then you ask, right? Have you heard that before? Yeah. Yep. They do a lot on uh, uh, email marketing. Same thing. It's like give value, give value, give value, then ask. And then it's a trust relationship, right? So as an architect, if I'm going there and if I have a cool idea, like, oh, I think you should do a pop out this way or a dormer this way. I want to say that. So they go, oh, this guy, that was insightful. There's probably going to be more insight from this person. And the guard, the guard that's different than this interior designer is because of the city and the government, they basically have to use an architect. So who are they going to choose? The one that gave them the best advice, the coolest ideas, you know, was the most straightforward and had a great personality or the one that doesn't want to give advice, you know, the charging is, is irrelevant. I can just see where them, where an interior designer would have a harder time. Because it's just, a, let's say it's a couple and let's say they're having, you know, like, oh, what, the dad wants to go this way. The mom wants to go this way. The professional comes in and says, go this way. Then you can just kick them out and you can go do whatever you want. I'm not saying everyone does that, but you could see how it's easier for them to do the work themselves. Thus, you just lost your value of, of your knowledge. Okay, fair enough. My, yeah. So the way I lo- I've always looked at these, having clients pay for these initial meetings is that they're, then they have skin in the game. Then they and they recognize that your time is valuable, but you know. But the tricky part is like, okay, so if I go meet with you for an hour and I say I'm just charging a hundred and fifty dollar flat fee, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to really give you in return? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna draw, I'm not gonna draw yet. Um, I'm, j- I mean, maybe a quick sketch in my sketchbook and say like, oh yeah, you could maybe do this. Like, let's say they're talking to do like a covered patio at the outside of their house. Like, oh yeah, here's how you could do the roof. You know, yep. very quick sketch that isn't actually even given to them at the end. At the end, it's probably just on, on in your sketchbook. You kind of show it to them, and they agree, right? Yep. Uh, here's what I'm running into, and this has happened two times in a row, and I'm just blown away by it this week. So the first meeting I had, uh, prospective sales. This is actually a couple weeks ago, but 
the gal got back to me, finally talked to her, and she was she was upset. She was upset at the proposal I gave her, and she said, "This looks very generic. Um, this looks very generic, and you didn't you didn't tell me anything about what it's going to cost to do my project." You go why to, to build, right? <laughs> to build, <laughs> to build, and I went over numbers with her. Very roughly, right? And I said, if you're doing interior work, here's what it's going to cost per square foot. Typically, if you're doing exterior work, here's what's going to here's a range. Typically, mm-hmm. and I could not get it through her her head that we if you even a contractor is going to need to see some kind of a floor plan, some yes. kind and just a floor plan at the very least. Yep. So so I ended up writing back to her and. Like the, right after I got off the phone with her, and it was it was actually a really weird. It was just such a weird conversation. I actually ended up writing back to her, and I said, "Thank you for your call today. I'm following up here just to make it, it ultra clear about everything." Per our conversation on Thumbtack, the only deliverable I mentioned is as follows, and it was basically me saying, um, "After this, after the here's the flat fee. After this meeting, I'll put together a custom proposal for you." That was it for deliverable. Mm-hmm. And then I went on to tell her, and I highlighted our contract, yeah. and then resent it to her and said, "It said you, we would need to finish these two highlighted sections, which is basically SD and, C, and DD, yep, in order to get a decent set of drawings out for a contractor to bid on what we're suggesting. Here's the numbers you can use that we'd plug into that. That's it. Yeah. And then I even ended ended it and said." Any architect or contractor who would give you any amount of rough numbers with the sort of lists I took down in our meeting is lying and immoral. Like, besides square footage numbers, right? Which is but what I'm she just did. saying, I'm just saying, pulling them out of thin air. I, I just, I, and then, so then, I met, I met, met another client this morning, and they were, they were kind of upset that I couldn't just provide them a sketch. I'm not joking, a sketch. They go, why do I have to go through all these processes? To to for you to tell me what it's going to cost, I would expect that you would have the experience to know what this is. This project is going to cost, and I go and I go. I'll just flat out tell you if if I think you know you're here. Here's where your budget will work. Here's where your budget won't work. You know because everybody's got these ideas of like, yeah, we want to make it like net zero with all of these solar panels and high performance windows and all this other stuff. And then they tell you the number that they're thinking that they don't want to exceed. And they'll go, nope, you're not, that's not happening. That's not happening. But I, I'm so surprised because I, we've talked, like you're my business partner, multiple yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> and where uh, people, I know you go to meetings and they have a square footage that they want or you glean out of them. And then you can give them an easy $200 a square foot. You could do the math right there. Both like, of these people. How is that not a, all, a general estimate? We're all over the place. All over the place. And maybe that's what it comes down to is if you're in the if you're in a sales meeting with with these with these kind of clients and they are just like everything is up in the air. Nothing is concrete, right? Then I I don't know how you got to get it across to them. I don't know if there's any hope. How about that? I guess I'm just trying to look for like what is what is the best way to approach that type of client? Because the client I had in here yesterday, Al, in the afternoon, when I met them, and they are our, a client now. Uh, when we when I first met them, they did exactly what you just said. They said we're gonna we, here's how big of an addition we're gonna put on our house. Mm. Told me the number, and I and they go, what do you think? What do you think it's gonna cost construction wise? I go, here's a rough number. And they and then they went back to their contractor who they already selected, and the contractor confirmed that. Yep. And they were actually surprised. They're like, oh, yeah, the architect. Yeah, kind of the same, 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 same thing. And then we landed that client. Yep. I don't know what to do with these people with a million crazy ideas right away. 
Yeah. Even though going into the meeting, especially the one today, they they were all concrete, like a list of six things that they gave me right off the bat of here's here's their ultimate goals, but then upset that I could not just provide them some kind of sketch by looking at the building and saying, here's what it's going to cost. I'm like, you you got to put some skin in the game. You gotta, yeah. You're going to have to pay a little bit of money up you know, for yeah. us to get to this point. Well, it goes back to what you kind of alluded to earlier. I was talking to some professor, and anyways, like just asking for concept advice. And I go, it would be totally, I think, out of bounds for me to ask him to do equations, which I didn't do. Like that... Like what you're gonna sit down and ask someone to do equations or something? Yeah. So I think it's the same. Like it's out of the, well, <laughs> it's in this scenario it seems out of the question to do to do a sketch, right? But let me give you the caveat, the nuance to it, the ones where they're the exception, not the rule, the exception. I know our friend Jerry Bolin has mm-hmm. done this and gotten a job, and I know that I've gotten a job offer from it. So they're at. Uh, you know, like a car dealership, like, Oh, we want an addition. And we're thinking it'd come out here. And Jerry like sketched them down. He's like, I think you should do something like this. Want them over, but you're getting, you know, that that's going to be a $50,000 contract or above, you know, like that's totally different. Um, now if we are in the recession and these were our only clients, yeah, maybe you just do something on the, uh, on the spot. But like, it, it's a warning sign where, there's a lot of business advice where you have to be efficient and you have to do what's in your wheelhouse. And for us, corralling cats is not within our wheelhouse. You know, like those kind of clients. For some clients, we have clients that we work, we draft for. Like they're actually amazing at that. Discussions, you know, figuring everything out. That's just not us. So like it's not in our wheelhouse at this time in our firm, you know, at this stage. I don't have the patience. In our firm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you're in a different scenario, if you're just starting off, yeah, maybe. But again, I would warn them about these clients. Like uh, we've dealt with these clients. You're going to want to budget more because it's going to take way more and they're going to want to, uh, get a low budget. And all of a sudden there's going to be a conflict there. Well, so it's going to be, it's going to be a, it's a hard way to ba- make a living. Back to the so, client I met with today. One of the things he said is he goes, you know, I'm interviewing four, four architects, including yourself. I go, good. You should. You should. You should mm-hmm. interview. You need. To, this is a big decision in your life. You need to be comfortable with whoever you choose. Yeah. And he goes, well, why am I, you know, why would, why, why, why would I hire four architects? For, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah. Why would I hire four architects to, uh, he goes, the problem is, is I don't know which architect to pick and who will give me exactly what I want. So I feel like I have to hire all four of them and go through the process. And I brought the mock proposal and, you know, showed him how it works. And he goes, I feel like I have to hire all of them. I go, don't. I go, don't hire all the architects. I go, and I, I go, if you're, I said, if you are as nervous as you, as I get the sense that you are yeah. about um, picking the right architect, I'm just going to be completely blunt with you. I have never done this type of project. If I was you, I would look for somebody who is specialized in this type of project. What, what type was it? A wedding venue. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. I just, I said, I have no problem telling you. I'm, I said, you're good spe- advice. You are speaking to an award-winning architect. We do very, very good work. We do modern work. That's what you like because he wants mid-century modern. Yeah. And I said, but I've never done this typology. So I'll just flat out tell you. Like, oh, yeah. And I'm comfortable telling you that. That's what you should do. Like, mm-hmm. you know how honesty works and just like, 
doing things for the good of things, it all comes back to you somehow, right? You don't just that's the well, universe. it's the right thing to do it's too. The right thing to do. It's the right thing that, to and do. And that's why I'm saying, yeah. should Lance start lying to these arch- these other clients? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. it is blowing my mind. Like, what? I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh, oh, and, and tell you it's gonna cost this much. Yeah, man, a square foot number really seems it, it just. Hmm. I, I haven't run into that. I haven't run into that yet. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I've got four sales meetings next week. One a day. Yeah. And uh, I hope I'm done with this little weird streak of just like, I can't tell you any, I can tell you the square footage. We got to, there's got to be some investment. I just haven't ran into this and like to have two back to back. Everybody else that, that we, that I, we've been working with, they're so they're they're in they get the industry where they go like yeah we got to have some drawings we got we literally have to have some drawings in order to understand what it is we're bidding on yeah. like uh, we got to be able to calculate yeah. square footage right yeah and but not yeah the risk you know which one would be better i'd do all four architects to see which one I understand where he's I'm not hiring four framers and the logic, but like I'm not hiring four engineers. I'm not hiring four artists. I'm not hiring four media consultants. I'm not, I'm not having four wives. (laughs) 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 Honey, I love you. Don't know if you'll be the best. So no, maybe I I got four kids though. So there you go. No, I'll I'll use that joke. If that, if if that ever comes up, which it probably won't, but if anyone's listening and be like, Hey, you know, I don't know which marriage is going to work out. So I would (laughs) have loved to have four wives, but it's not the way it works, unfortunately. So you do have to do your research and and pick one. You got to do your research and pick one that you feel comfortable with. (laughs) I bet you, I bet you that'd get a laugh. So that our wives don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yep, good for us. Too. Good for us. Anyway, that, I got the rent. I feel better now. That was therapy. I'm tra- I'm telling you. I was this trying to is... tell my wife this last night, and I even told my kids, and my kids were like just blown away. I don't know. It's craziness. Yeah. Uh, here, here's a. I'm bringing up a new segment. Oh. And I don't even know if it's going to be repeating, All but right. it's inside the firm uh, business corner. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading a book slash listening to it on Audible because that's way better to do. Did you start the David Goggins book? No, I, this is this weekend. That's this weekend. Okay, did you put? Did you download it? Do do your little download on your All thing. Right. So David Doggins, yeah, Goggins, Goggins, Goggins. Goggins. All right. So he's doing that while uh, I'm telling you about this. The book is called uh, Insanely Simple. And what's his? What's his called? What's his called? Do you know? Can't hurt me. Oh, there it is. I got it. Okay. Yep. Keep going. Yep. Yep. Um, Insanely Simple by Ken Siegel, and he's basically talking about how Apple ran things insanely simply, like. You you can tell by the design, but he's going into the you know the stories with Steve Jobs and everything like that. And one of the lines that I really really loved, and I think this applies to architecture business. And I'll tell you how one way, at least one way, we've done it, and maybe you can do it too. Um, but one of the lines he just had in there, and I had to like pause and pull over and write this down, is simplicity is the ultimate efficiency. How cool is that, right? It's true. It's so simple. Yeah. <laughs> so. What we did at F9, and, I, and I'm sure you've heard in snippets, but I want to reinforce how powerful, powerful it is, is that we limited to one production uh, program and one program that we yes. basically do yes. everything in, right? And it, it's worked out because now everyone from top to bottom, if you're a boss and you don't know the program that people are producing in, you're running into errors that you don't need to run into. And... The problem is, I was there was another podcast and they were talking about this was an architecture firm, but they had all these different programs and it really 
was detrimental to the firm because you'd have to learn those programs. You wouldn't want to go into some. You got to buy them. You got to maintain all this stuff. Terrible. So while those programs have different features that are you know awesome and unique to themselves, it's not worth it to bifurcate your process, right? And here's an example. I had someone do something for me in, in SketchUp. I don't have SketchUp, right? This was this was a while like year oh. ago, right? And I was just thinking about it and I go, you know what? I'm going to double check what, what I had that person do because they told me a number. I needed this number. So in Revit, I open it up and I go, oh, that number is off by almost a factor of two. And I go, the reason I didn't know that a year ago was because I didn't have that program. I wasn't going to get into that. Pro- Even if I did, you know, like I wasn't getting into that program and learning it. What are the ramifications about firms who have owners and, and issues that come up and I, that they don't know the program? And then there's construction bust, which I hate that term because I know a firm that drew something in AutoCAD and the boss told the boss drafter man. to move the bedroom like two feet. So instead of moving the wall, they just changed the dimension. Ew. And then all of a sudden the corridor was not to code. Oh, so no. when they framed it, they framed it, Lance, and they are walking in there. They go, this corridor feels kind of narrow. <laughs> what? What? So if you can't get into the programs that your firm is operating on, you probably need to simplify those programs so that you do know what, what's going on. Um, do you remember yeah. why we, do you remember, I remember the project. Do you remember the project very early on in our in F9's career yeah. when we decided we're going to go down to one we were going to go away we because when you first started we were still we were doing revit some sketchup still yep even a, even a little autocad yep. and uh 3ds max do yeah you, do you remember what project prompted us to go just to revit uh-uh. i do so it was those interior renderings that uh interior architects they're literally called interior architects remember that we had a yeah. meeting with them and they wanted us to bid on some photorealistic interior renderings and it, for some reason, we just kind of were driving back. And we're like, let's just figure out how to do it in Revit. Because we have to, because what it was, was we have to figure out how to get these to where people will finally pay for us, pay for, pay for us to do them. Yep. Because it was just too, it was like the manpower going between different all the different programs. pieces of software and programs and everything was just too much. And we, we were getting like, the bids were way too high. And we're like, we Revit got in Photoshop. We had to. Yeah. Yep. And that, that was it. So it literally came down to the market forcing us to do it. Yeah. yeah. Because simplicity is the ultimate efficiency. Bang, bang, bang. Yep. And now what's even better is the Enscape factor, man. Oh. I still wish they were a sponsor because it has been incredible. Oh. I can't explain to you how mind-blowing our last classes uh, at CU Boulder was. Their, all of their work. Just phenomenal. You're, t- I mean, you're talking students who have never touched a design piece of software before and then at the same time produce something uh, uh, right out of their brains yep you know and and like professional level stuff i'm talking like these are uh senior to grad level when we were in college yep rendering it made amazing there were some amazing designs meaning spot on designs look extraordinary look magazine quality and it honestly made crappy designs pretty pleasant <laughs> Not gonna lie, just regular rooms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a so, chair in there. Yeah, um, and so for the inside the firm business corner, I, I want you to think about simplicity, and then I want you to think about like how it not just is your programs, but what you're doing. So I was 
redlining, looking over some models created by Altide Consultant. And there's all these reference lines that were unnecessary. These other things. I'm like, why? Well, like, why make it harder? Just why? At, just at life. Have I told you how I want to simplify my life after the development? Kind of, yeah. I, I want to. Well, even like I want to get it so I just order on on demand like once a year all the deodorant. Now, all, yes, yes, stuff yes, like that yes. where I'm just like it's for the rest of my life. Yeah, he's maximized Lance's lifetime. He just not. He just doesn't spend one day. Yep. Setting it all up, I'm like, done. Do you know that I have enough razors to shave my face probably for the next 10 years? See, this guy across sitting across from me already has it. Come up to my level. That's up what I'm my- trying to do, Al Gore. <laughs> That's the only thing. Because I have a safety razor, so it's just little blades. I'm like, oh, I'm ordering 5,000 of them. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon. I hope, I, I, hope they, I hope they don't rust. What? I'm serious. I hope they don't rust. Uh, no, nah, they're not gonna. They're in a little package. They're actually they're wrapped in plastic and then they're wrapped into another thing. So, yeah, it should be good. Um, yeah. So that, that that's that's all I got for for that. Nice. You know, I have if you had a construction site example um, but, of simplicity. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's just so many questions lately. I just oh my god, there can't I can't I don't have there's not enough lumber for these guys. There's been some pretty. There's been some really successful things though. That is, here's here's what I would say is I I think if there needs to be more architect builders, uh, it's not all about the money. Yes, the money is better, right? You get paid three times if you wear three hats, and you'll be able to just keep leapfrogging in life and business if you do it well. You're gonna and you're gonna get more control of your work. There's gonna be less screw ups. But what has been the best part about it is. I had my framers come up to me this week and say, I just want to work with you. And I go, why? Why do you get, well, they go, they go, you're, it's fun. They go, we don't want to be grumpy when we Mm. go to work. And they go, all these other contractors make us grumpy. They go, you're fun. You joke with us. I speak, I speak enough Spanish too, to, to, to understand what they're saying and then talk back to them in Spanish. And I think they really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and then make jokes with them too in Spanish. Yeah. But, but the best part about it, I go, but they go, you, whenever we need something, you come to the site. Just like that. Yeah. Uh, whenever we have a... Wait, 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 time out. Isn't that pretty simple? When your construction site, which is millions of dollars, and they need an answer... Literally this one, two million. Go up there. I, I don't even have to tell you, not that I would tell you, but like, I don't even have to like convey that concept. Hey, Lance, do you think you should go up to the job site whenever they ask you a question on our $2 million project? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. There's the rule. Done. <laughs> and instantly. Yeah. I mean like okay, now I got to drop everything. Yeah. Now I got to drop everything. It's like the other day, uh if you go to F, if you go to uh facebook.com/f9productions and go look at uh you'll see there's a picture from this last week. We had to rent a crane and we had to put a beam into place. Um I had to drop everything and get that crane there like within the hour type of thing. But that's why they're, they like it is because they're like, they don't want to, they have a fixed amount of fees just like us. So they want to move as quickly as possible because then they maximize what they're making per hour and they want to get it done. And all of that was so what's been great. And then the questions, they go, if we have a question on a dimension, you know exactly the dimension that we need. They're like, there's no guesswork. 
Because I, I, you know, I, I feel like a doctor when I go onto the job site now because I bring my briefcase. You know, like a doctor when he, yeah. an old school doctor when you bring his black briefcase and fix everything. That's what I feel like when because I go Because you can job. open up, you, you open up. Oh, model. I open it up. I spin them around. They show them exactly what we're talking about. There needs to be more architect builders. Even if you just start, just please try it. Try it. Don't be afraid. Trust me. Even, even like we're doing it, but we didn't know everything. I'm still learning so no, much, I, especially even about the underground stuff. Like, oh, I didn't know you guys. That's how you hook in the pipe. That's amazing. Okay, that's how it works. Got you know, it. You know what we should do as a fun, fun episode once we're done with it? Like maybe a month after, like let the dust settle. Write down like all the dumb stuff we did. That we all did the cool not know. stuff. Yep. You know what I mean? Like just a list of 10. 10 dumb things, 10 awesome things that worked out. That'd be a great episode. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. That's how I would keep it simple is that. Uh, if you can, if you're comfortable wearing more hats than one, yeah, trust me, you're going to simplify the process for everybody. The yep. framers don't want to guess. They yeah. don't want to guess. They want to do the right thing. They want to get get in there, get out, and go home. Yep. Speaking that. of that, do you know what's next? I have no idea what's next. It's the simplest person I know. Oh my god, he's such a simple dude. <laughs> Nick Renard with Nick Reads. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. It is important to me to reflect about architecture, to step back from my daily work and to take a look at what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I love doing this and I think I need it too. I do not work towards architecture from a theoretically defined point of departure for I'm committed to making architecture, to building, to an ideal, a perfection, just as in my boyhood. I used to make things according to my ideas, things that had to be just right, for reasons which I do not really understand. It was always there, this deeply personal feeling for the things I made for myself, and I've never thought of it being anything special. It was just there. Today, I'm aware that my work as an architect is largely a quest for this early passion, this obsession in an attempt to understand it better and to refine it. And when I reflect on whether I've since added new images and passions to the old ones, and whether I've learned something in my training and practice, I realize that in some way, I seem to always have known the intuitive core of new discoveries. Peter Zumpther, Thinking Architecture. Al, Lance, well, really just Lance, one month, baby, one month, toodles, I know I need to buy plane tickets, yeah, I keep, yeah, I keep forgetting, but we need to get paid too, yep, <laughs> clients, what are you doing, pay your bills, yeah, which is hopefully coming through, um, I like that, I like that reading, that was cool, um, you're cool, we're cool, everybody's cool, yeah, uh, so can you give can you give anybody a recap so far, Al? Since I've been on the job site more, what is it like for you, as a Mr. Architect as developer? So to not go on, you know, I'm there every day. So like I'm not. When we build a new floor, then I'm then I, I go. I, I'm like my my spirit is heightened. Yep. Because I go I go. Oh, I haven't experienced this space yet. But you you get a much you get a bigger dose of that because you you there's a bigger time period from when you were there to now. Yeah. Two things. That form. 
Like, I think I pushed that form on the office pretty heavy-handedly. Like, I, I did it kind of subtly by having people do design options or stuff, but then I was like, oh, we're going to do this form. Yeah. To see that come th- forward and be like, oh, it does look cool. It is cool, actually. Yeah. And I honestly question it. So what he's talking about is we, is we have this... We have this really funky, angly, asymmetrical. asymmetrical. We didn't try to do corner windows. I was thinking last night in bed, like, should we have done a corner window, like a true corner window? Nope. I like that it's actually just big punches, and we have these like deep insets and everything. Yep. Yeah. So like, I love that that actually manifested, and then going upstairs, which will be our office. Holy cow! Does it feel bigger than than what I thought? And. You know, I stand there. I was like, man, our bowl pit, you know, where we got the guys right now is only like <laughs> this big. <laughs> we're, now we're going to have this huge thing. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Rock and roll. Any parting words for today? This is a, we don't, we are not doing any air jeopardy today because I was out mm. in the morning, literally running around getting lumber for, for, for the framers and making sure they're, they're doing their thing. Parting words. Um, go visit uh, Enoch Sears Profit Levers course at www.architectureresources.org forward slash profit dash levers or mark lepage's profit course at enic sorry <laughs> at entree architect e-n-t-r-e architect.com forward slash profit course all i got for you is uh please if you have not if you have not gave, given us a five-star review on your app just go to your itunes app go right in there you can leave us a five-star review you don't even have to say anything and then you can take a screenshot of that email al at akg at f9productions.com. And what he will do is he will email you a free PDF of, of his book, The Creativity Code. So with that, we will talk to you next week.